When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Allison, did you hear about the statistician who stuck his head in a stove and his feet in a bucket of ice? Oh, no. What happened? On average, he felt just fine. Oh, uh, yeah. So, welcome to the Stuff from the Science Lab. This is Allison Lattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. And we bring to you that joke, compliments of Terry in Grass Valley, California. Yep, that's my wife's aunt, actually. <laughs> yeah. You soliciting jokes from your wife's aunt? Well, I solicited everybody, and she's a listener to the podcast. So, Thanks, Aunt Terry. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get right to the topic here. We're talking about... Uh, Diamonds. diamonds. And whether uh, they're a scientist's best friend. Right. And now you already have a diamond, right? I do. you're, of course, married. And I, I, well, let's, let's just stop that assumption right there. You know, of course, you know that you don't have to get a diamond right, when you're married. Right. And yes, I am, in fact, married, but I mean, you know, it could be something else. Yeah, there else. are other ways. Yes. But I do see a diamond on your hand right now. So yes. I know you have a diamond. Yeah. Well, it could be a, it could be a really good fake, right? It could be. That's, yes, yes, certainly. Uh, and we're about to get in, get into that. Like, let's let's go ahead and hit exactly what we're going to hit some really cool diamonds in this uh, particular podcast. Yeah, we're not going to just some talk out of this world diamonds. Yeah, some real spacey diamonds um, <laughs> and diamonds that like live in the jungle. It's going to be great. But to really understand why these are awesome, we do have to hit the basics. Yeah, diamond, diamond formation. Yeah. So a diamond, as awesome as it may look in the store or on a finger or, or whatever, is just carbon in its most concentrated form. All right. Right. You, know, you remember how um, Superman could like squeeze like a, a lump of coal and make it into a diamond? Yes. That's 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 it. That's basic. That's the basics of it. All right. Uh, carbon is one of the most common elements in the world. Right. right? You it's guys it, know this. Yep. It's in the air all around us. 
Um, and it's in our bodies, like we're 18% carbon. Um, you know, so it's everywhere. Uh, and, but we just Superman or more, more uh, commonly, the earth has not squeezed us into a shiny, beautiful, uh, crystal. Uh, diamonds form about a hundred miles uh, below the earth's surface in the molten rock of the earth's mantle. Yep. Right. And this is where you find the right amounts of pressure and heat to transform the carbon. Uh, for it, in order for a diamond to be created, carbon has to be placed uh, under at least 435,113 pounds per square inch of pressure at a temperature of at least 752 degrees Fahrenheit. So those are that's the recipe if you're planning to cook one up at home. Right. And so if conditions drop below either of these two points, graphite, yeah, no diamond. Stuck with graphite. Nobody wants a graphite ring. Not so much. Yeah. Most diamonds that we see today were formed millions, if not billions, of years ago. Yeah, they're carried up to the surface through powerful magma eruptions, and they can also form um, when uh, meteorites uh, crash into things. Because that's interesting. Yeah, and uh, you have all that metal and heat and yeah, it's like metal, heat, you know, pressure, and you get that. You can also get get this in a laboratory, and that's because really, everybody's heard of cubic zirconium, mm-hmm. and uh, this is just a laboratory gym, and we, these have been on the market since like 1976, uh, and. Laboratories just basically simulate the heat and pressure from the Earth's mantle that create natural diamonds. So you know what I heard? What'd you hear? I heard that um, there's a trend in weddings, you know, because we do the TLC weddings. Oh yeah, a lot of articles for that. And um, I was, I heard that there's, if you can't afford a ring, then mm-hmm. maybe you get a, a cubic zirconium like placeholder kind of thing when you propose, and then when you can afford it, you you work up to the diamond. Well, that's a very honest way of doing it. Yeah. No. So I mean, yeah. I'm I'm of the mind that I think you know. Cubic zirconium looks pretty good. Now, did you get your wife a diamond ring? Uh, they were, How did that work? They were diamonds that were already in the family. Ah, uh, okay. So it was an heirloom. Ring. Yeah. That's really. cool. Just wondered. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how we, we did it. And now, it, this is pretty interesting. Um, uh, over at the um, Ig Nobel Prizes, they, uh, uh, in the past few years, they've, uh, they've uh, given honors to um, scientists from the uh, University uh, of Mexico, the National Autonomous uh, University of Mexico. Interesting. Uh, for creating diamonds out of 80-proof tequila. <laughs> well, it's not really diamonds, but diamond films, right? Right, yeah. But <laughs> So what they did here was they're, uh, they're evaporating the tequila and they're heating the vapor above uh, 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit before depositing it on silicon or uh, stainless steel trays. And so the, the films that they wound up with were between 100 to 400 nanometers in diameter and free of impurities. Yeah, they're hard, they're heat resistant, and this is the, the key thing. They have a number of, of commercial applications, um, such as cutting tools, right. um, optical electronic devices. Um, I got, I, in researching this, I ran across like some sort of weird experiment where like cut, cutting into a mouse, mouse's brain. With a like a special like surgical kind of tool that's made from diamond. You can't see me, but I'm cocking my head looking at Robert like what? It was really weird. I was like I, I ended up not using it, but yet I'm bringing it up. But but still, um, uh, another big thing: oil rigs use diamonds uh, in the uh, in the drill bits as well. So um, uh, and and also it has a since it is a real good thermal conductor. Uh, it's going to be really useful in uh, semiconductors and computers of the future and all. So. so the interesting thing about this University of Mexico research uh, that I thought was, well, how would they come up with the idea of using tequila and, and diamonds? How do those two things really go together? And so they noticed that uh, tequila, 80-proof tequila, had the ideal proportion of ethanol to water to create these diamond films. Okay. Or they were drinking a little tequila, and they're like, I bet you can make a diamond out of this. <laughs> Is that what you guys do in the lab? Drink tequila after your work is done? Tell us. We want to know. (laughs) 
So those are the basics of, of how diamonds are made, how they can be made here on Earth. But uh, they can also be made elsewhere um, in the uh, in the galaxy. With giant cosmic diamonds. Yeah. Now, here on Earth, do you know what the largest diamond is? I don't. Like the largest, like, cut kind of diamond that has, like, a name and is so... I would have said the Hope Diamond. No, apparently it is the Golden Jubilee, and that is a 546-carat deal. It looks kind of... It, like, kind of fits in the palm of your hand, <laughs> and is currently owned by the King of Thailand, and it was presented to him for his 50th anniversary of his coronation in 97. But that's nothing. I mean, yeah. That's I mean, it's, it's great if you look. What do you have Earth, to to rival uh, Golden Jubilee? Oh, not rival, but surpass in ways that can't even be measured. Yes, yeah, you completely trample. It's like that's just a trinket compared to this. Um, and this is uh, BPM thirty seven zero ninety three. Oh, that's okay. a, that's a really great name for a diamond. Uh, it, well, it's a super. It, I mean, it, it's a white dwarf. Is uh, is what it is. And uh, it's also known as Lucy, as in Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That's nice. Yeah, and, and it's uh, 50 light years away. And about 4,000 kilometers across. Yep. And here's here's how much it weighs. It weighs 5 million trillion trillion pounds. And those both of those trillions are supposed to be there. This the, That was not a flub. I did, I did wonder if you made an error on no. that one. And it would, if it were measured in carats... Well, well, real quick, the the whole weight thing is because it's like super dense, so mm-hmm. that's why that's why it weighs so much, even though it's relatively small for that weight. But then, if you were to put that in in carats, this would be a ten billion trillion trillion carat diamond. Again, with the trillion trillions, yeah. we're talking some mad carats. I love I, I love it when people throw in the extra. Like uh, I think Cormac McCarthy's always talking like like looking up in like a million million stars, or like anytime you can throw like an extra yeah. million in there, it sounds awesome. Yeah, and it's actually uh, it's actually a number. So uh, this is a pulsating pulsating white dwarf. Uh, it's a burnout star of the CC Zeti variety. Okay, if that means anything to you, and most people it won't, but that's its technical um, classification. And it's primarily carbon and oxygen with a thin layer of hydrogen and helium. And it's massive enough to have undergone partial crystallization. In fact, we're talking upwards of 90% of, of it has crystallized according to some astronomical studies. So the question here is, how can we tell that it's a diamond? You know, yeah. how, did, how, how did they know? Well, yeah, they, they didn't like just look in the catalog or see it on somebody's uh, finger. It's uh, the, the white dwarf undergoes pulsations, all right? And uh, scientists are able to study these pulse, pulsations in a similar way that we study size, uh, seismographic measurements of terrestrial earthquakes. Right. And that gives us an idea of what's happening in the interior. Okay. All right. So they think the carbon interior of this particular white dwarf has solidified to form the galaxy's largest diamond. Right. That's what that's what the theories are saying. Nobody's certainly nobody's traveled there and we don't, you know, we don't know 100% for sure, but Well, wait until after they hear this podcast. We might have some jewel thieves like high talent it. Yeah. They're they're they've got a ways to go. They're going to have to <laughs> really hot rod something, but um but yeah, this is like I mean, it just kind of staggers. You can't help but think of like a little person like riding it through the cosmos, you know? I mean, that's enormous. Uh, five million trillion trillion pounds of diamond. Um, you know, it hasn't been cut yet or, you know, or it certainly hasn't been uh, been set in anything. But uh, that's enormous. And, and pro- they're saying it's probably like one of the biggest in the at least the observable universe. Then there have been other ideas that like Jupiter might have like a giant diamond in its core. Um, and that's kind of, you know. Right, some of the gas giants in our solar system. Yeah, and that's kind of up in the air. Um, um, it's not as exciting as that other diamond. It's not as exciting. And uh, nobody nobody really knows for certain about it yet. Um, well, that's because most of the chemical research involving diamonds in our solar system so far has really dealt with microdiamonds, right? Yeah. Um, the microdiamonds found in asteroids and, you know, then meteors and meteorites. 
So these are created in the high heat and pressure of the collisions, which create these little tiny microdiamonds or rocky fragments. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, luckily there are, there is something within our, or there might be something within our solar system that is just as fantastic as a enormous, um, you know, star diamond. Yeah. Uh, and that is the idea of, uh, I get this, all right. Imagine this in your head if you can. It sounds like in like an Asia album cover or something. <laughs> an ocean of liquid diamond filled with, with solid diamond icebergs, all right, floating under like the, the Nepton, Neptunian sky. Yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? And yet there's, uh, there's some interesting studies that say this might actually be what uh, the case is. Right. And it's not just on Neptune, too. It's, uh, don't they also postulate that it might be on Uranus? Yes, possibly on Uranus as well. Uh, 2010 study out of uh, Livermore National Laboratory in Livermore, California, published in Nature Physics. And basically it comes down to this. Um, we've melted diamonds in the lab. It sounds kind of crazy, but... Why would you melt a diamond? Well... It's science. Prove you can do it, right? But, uh, but no. I know some brides who would be highly <laughs> upset at that prospect. Do, yeah, if you bring a diamond melter to a wedding, that's just so poor taste. But, <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, but a diamond is, it is incredibly hard material and it's very difficult to melt. Right. Um, and, and, but it's also difficult to melt in that if you melt a diamond, it's hard to keep it a diamond, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you'll end up with just with graphite or something, you know? So they have to go through a certain rigmarole just to just to make sure that it melts in the right way. Right. So what happens is researchers blasted um, a diamond. It's like a small diamond, uh, you know, n- nothing nothing with a name okay. on it or a curse. So researchers blasted this small diamond with lasers at uh, ultra high pressures, like those found on gas giants, like a uh, like Neptune and Uranus. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, the, the scientists liquefied the diamond, liquefied the diamond at pressures forty million times uh, greater than what you'd uh, find standing at sea level on Earth. Wow, that's some serious pressure. Yep. And they were slowly reduced. Uh, then they slowly reduced the temperature and pressure. And when the pressure dropped to about eleven million times the atmospheric pressure at sea level uh, here on Earth, it, and the uh, temperature dropped to about fifty thousand degrees, guess what happened? Chunks of diamond. Yep, began to appear in it, little islands of diamond, liquid diamond. I mean, it's just really hard for me to even imagine, like, this in my head. But, you know, uh, the best image I have right now, I, I'm, I'm trying to summon up some fabulous, you know, kind of pirate treasure, mm-hmm. you know, gold medallions, you know, treasure chests open. But I keep on thinking of the Goonies. Did you ever see that? When they get to the end, you know, and uh-huh. there's like the the ships with all like the treasure all around and oh, you know, yeah. the fabulous jewels and stuff. That's the best I can come up with here as far as a visual of a, a diamond ocean. Yeah, it's just completely, I mean, otherworldly, you know. Um, so now that I've talked about the Goonies, <laughs> let's get back to diamonds. Yeah. But the other thing is that the uh, the chunks of diamond didn't sink. They floated in this mm-hmm. diamond ocean. Uh and uh, and they think that this could actually help explain some of like the cool, the weird stuff going on with the magnetic field there. Yep. Um, the magnetic and geographic poles on Uranus and Neptune don't really match up. Um, in fact, uh, they can be up to like sixty degrees off um, off the of the uh, north south axis. So to put that in perspective, um, if Earth's magnetic field were that far off, it would place the magnetic north pole in Texas instead of off a Canadian island. And what would researchers think might be possible is that a swirling ocean of liquid diamond could be responsible for the discrepancy. Yeah. Well, so if you think about it, up to 10% of Uranus and Neptune is estimated to be made from carbon. So a huge ocean of liquid diamond in the right place could deflect or 
Um, otherwise, skew the magnetic field out of alignment with the rotation of the planet. Huh. Yeah, Discovery yeah. News had a story about that. Yeah, they did. And it's also important to keep in mind, we're talking about uh, gas planets here, and, um, and but, but there is a lot of liquid in them as well. It's not like just gas. Uh, and and then there's you know the possibility of like something solid at the center, not a diamond necessarily, but you know something, you know so, something solid. So yeah, I was just really blown away by that finding about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but now it's time to bring it back down to earth for our last little diamond um, story in this diamond smorgasbord we're going through here, and uh, and this creature is pretty amazing. It's uh, an inch long iridescent weevil. A little, not not a weasel, but a weevil, like an insect, named, uh, do you want to take a shot at this one? Uh, sure. Oh, well, Lamprosyphus augustus. Yeah. And it's native to Brazil, and you can, you can, uh, you can look up pictures of it online, and it does look amazing. It's like sparkly and green, like it's just, it seems to sort of shine with its own energy. Um, but otherwise. It's, it's kind like, of like a bling weevil. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like weevil bling going on <laughs> in the, uh, the Amazon, uh. Uh, rainforest. So a bunch of University of Utah chemists were pretty fascinated with this particular beetle. And they found out that the beetle glows iridescent green because it has a crystal structure in its scales that's like the crystal structure of diamonds. Right. Uh, and the the cool thing is they think that this is a, an ideal structure, uh, like an ideal architecture for uh, what's called photonic crystals. They okay. can be used to manipulate visual light in ultra-fast optical computers in the future. So you know why we're talking about with the tequila diamonds, like being able to use those little, little like the like, diamond films, the diamond films and computing. Like they're talking about, like basically they went out into the jungles and they were like, "Whoa, nature as always is you know light years ahead of us on this one." And they already have like some really cool stuff that we could utilize. Now, really cool stuff we could utilize in design. We couldn't actually harvest, um, you know, iridescent weevils, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and use their scales because these are made out of chitin like your fingernail, all right? So they, they wouldn't hold up uh, enough for long-term use. You'd have to just you'd go through weevil after weevil, you know, <laughs> just checking your email, I guess, in the future. Right. Um, That's no good for the weevils. But the idea is to, is to, is to copy it, you know, right. biomimicry. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, all and, together now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, it's, it's interesting when you look at these pictures, the, the weevil looks green, but its sparkling green color is actually produced by the crystal structures of its scales, not, not any kind of pigment or anything. Yeah, each each scale measures like 200 microns and uh, long and about like 100 microns wide. And to put that in a little perspective, like a human hair is about 100 microns thick. So these are these are tiny little things. It's not like the thing. It doesn't look like it's studded with green diamonds. And green light, which has a wavelength of about 500 to 550 nanometers, it can't penetrate the scale's crystal structure. So it acts like a mirror and reflects the green light and makes it appear to you know anybody looking at it. Uh, to, to be just iridescently green. I would like to see one of these. I think I might have to go look it up when we uh, are finished with podcasting. Yeah, the photos are amazing, but I mean, it's one of those things I'd like to see, yeah, physically. And like, so you can sort of like move your head around it and sort of get a, you know, 360 on it and watch the light moving because it just sounds like it would look magical. Yeah, we um, should get one for the office. Yeah. Yeah, they probably spring for that. <laughs> An infestation of them. Um, you know, throw one in the laptops. Maybe they'd run faster, right? So, so that's just another that's another example of diamonds in the universe, uh, or diamond-like structures in the universe, and and one that you're probably not going to pay uh, you know out the nose for if you were you know if you were to travel to the Amazon jungle. I'm betting one of these bugs would be would be cheaper than your more uh, you know um, high market diamonds. Yeah, so it seems like diamonds aren't only a girl's best friend; they may be a scientist's best friend, or at least they may provide some impetus for some interesting research, and that's. Indeed. 
whether you're drilling for oil or cutting into a mouse's brain. So if you have thoughts on diamonds and want to share them with us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email at sciencestuff at howstuffworks.com or check out the homepage. We have articles on diamonds. In fact, there's a good one about um, diamond heists. Yeah, and we also have uh, one. I think our diamond article itself goes into blood diamonds quite a bit and uh, conflict diamonds. And and I, I don't even – I can't even begin to tell you what all they have on that TLC uh, section of the, the Yeah, check out. out TLC Weddings if yeah. you're interested in a different perspective Yeah, they'll on take it diamonds. in the whole like wedding you know, angle. But we also have lots of science-y stuff and, and a lot of stuff on um, – I've mentioned, you mentioned in passing about it, the diamonds use in, uh, in uh, drilling for oil. But we have a, several really good articles dealing with that. Yes, you can find us on Facebook, too, if you want to send us crazy pictures of diamonds, the diamond, I don't even know. We've gotten some good pictures lately. I want to encourage this picture sending. Yeah, so you can find us at Stuff from the Science Lab, or you can always send us a tweet. Uh, Lab Stuff is our handle on Twitter. And if you got a good science joke or a really bad science joke, uh, hit hit it with us, you know, at any of those uh, addresses. Uh, Let us know who you are and where you're from, and we'll try and throw it at the top of the podcast. All right, that's all we got. Shine on, Crazy Diamond. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.